It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, a faux fiction audio production published by Not a Pipe Publishing. Super Guy by Kurt Klopton. Super Guy, the generic alternative. Less superhero hype, same superhero quality. Chapter 27. Alex entered the diner and looked around, finally spotting Mr. Joyce in a back corner booth. Alice was there, taking his order. Alex watched as Joyce said something and smiled in a hopeful way. Not being able to see Alice's expression from his angle, Alex had no idea if she was smiling too, but she nodded and walked off toward the kitchen. Joyce proceeded to take out his phone and begin texting furiously. Undoubtedly to his new top advisor, said Alex under his breath as he made his way to the booth. He sat down across from Mr. Joyce. Ah, Alex. Mr. Joyce? It was always Mr. Joyce in public, although he had taken to wanting to be called Grey Matter in the office. Glad you could join me. Would you like something to eat? Sure, sir. I am feeling a bit hungry. I could use a menu, though. Alex had been forced to eat in the diner enough to know all the choices on the menu, but it gave Mr. Joyce an excuse to call Alice over again, which he did after a couple more quick texts. He apologized to her for being a bother and made a self-deprecating remark that almost passed as charming. Alex had to admit that whoever Mr. Joyce's mystery love advisor was, they were making progress. Both apologizing, albeit for nothing, and being self-deprecating in the same moment? Alex had never seen either behavior before on their own, let alone in consecutive sentences. And it seemed as if Alice was indeed a little charmed herself. What were the odds? After Alice had gone to put in Alex's order, Mr. Joyce got down to business after a couple more texts. So... Did you find out if Amol has double-crossed us? Yes, he did. Our surveillance caught him giving the information to Superguy in a parking garage a short time ago. Excellent. When do you believe he'll come? Oh, tonight, certainly. I doubt as a rookie superhero, he has much patience. We didn't leave him a lot of time in which to act, so he has little choice. Mr. Joyce looked longingly at Alice as she refilled the man's coffee cup at the counter. If she smiled too much, that poor customer would have a very bad night once he left. This means we need to get ready for guests at the factory. After dinner, of course. There was a beep from Joyce's phone, and he picked it up. Another text. Hmm. It's from Rog. You won't mind eating at another table. This is important. Of course not, sir, said Alex. He stood and walked over to a stool at the counter as Joyce went back to texting. When Oliver arrived back at the garage, 
He found Roger and Emma in the control room, each parked in front of a monitor. Guess what? I know where the Factory of Evil is, he said as he stepped into the room and dropped his gloves and mask onto the chair beside the door. Both Emma and Roger turned away from their computer screens. Really? Was this another one of your I-knew-it-but-the-dough-was-still-rising osmosis things? Because you weren't very confident earlier. Yeah, that act's going to get old after a while. You pretend not to know something, get us all worried like there's no way to solve the puzzle, then you walk into the room and boom, answer. Might get annoying. No, not osmosis or an act. Kind of old-school detective work. After putting in all those hours and doing the hard-nosed investigating, I put two and two together and got a tip. Turns out it's a cereal factory over in Glendale, just north of the interstate. It was on the list, I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Still have to check it out to know for certain, too. Hey, Emma, can you pull up the information on it? Sure. Nodded Emma, turning back to her computer. Where'd this tip come from? Sergeant Shablinsky, of all people. Seems the sergeant has been earning some extra income via Joyce Industries. Claims he's been giving them nothing real, just been leading them on for the fun of it. And the cash, of course, but he overheard this bit of information. Oliver sat down at the communications station and hit the F key on the keyboard that initiated a call to Stormfront. The monitor displayed the text calling. I can't say I'm surprised the sergeant was selling info. Said Emma without turning from her screen. Of course, I'm even less surprised he was screwing them over for the money. Here it is, a cereal factory owned by a company which is owned by another company which is owned by Joyce Industries. In Glendale, as you said. Going for a surprise inspection? Yes and no, replied Oliver. Roger was about to ask for clarification when the communications monitor beeped and displayed a picture of Stormfront, who was just sitting down in front of the camera. Hi, Oliver. I'm sorry I was slow answering. I had to check who it was. The creeper keeps calling about any little thing he can think of, so I've been out of the office a lot lately. She made little air quotes as she said it. Ah, well, even though you are mostly happy to see me for just who I'm not, I'll be content with that. Listen, we've had a couple interesting developments here recently, and I thought I'd run them by you. Oliver recounted what all they had learned about Grey Matter, and most recently, the cereal factory. And you say this cop hasn't been giving them any information? She asked after Oliver had finished his summation. According to him, he's given them nothing. And he overheard this about the factory? Yes. So it's a trap? Eh, Almost certainly, answered Oliver. He ignored the looks he was getting from Emma and Roger. I thought you might like to buzz down and check the place out with me, it being a trap and all. You do know how to touch a superhero girl's heart, don't you? Unfortunately, I've got a big event here tonight. Charity thing for the mayor and all the pretty people, but it's not all partying. There's a gang with delusions of grandeur that's going to rob it. I'm going to foil it and all that. It could take all night. Can I get a rain check? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Hey, how's the flying coming? It's not. Yet. Can't even float. I might get a little drift in a fall off a tall building, but that could just be wishful thinking. Well, it'll come. We'll have to plan a nice little flight over the lake once it's ready. And be careful tonight. Remember, it's a trap. I know. I'll be careful. You do the same. I don't have to. It's my trap. Said Janice, reaching for her keyboard. The screen went black. What's this about a trap? Asked Roger as soon as the communication was over. Just exactly that. When did you find that out? Popped into my head during my conversation with Sergeant Shablinsky. 
Just a little too convenient to be fed the secret location by the guy they're paying, especially if he's double-crossing them with something he's overheard. Yeah, life just isn't that easy. So, have you guys found anything in the way of a background? I haven't found anything more than that Joyce owns a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Including a certain cereal factory now. She handed Oliver a printed page about the factory. It was little more than they already knew, just a basic history. The shell ownership information and the size of the building. I was able to scrape together some stuff on the hero boards, but it's mostly rumors. Hero boards? Yeah, a private discussion board on the internet. Kinda like the superhero surplus warehouse, but for information. Mostly heroes and law enforcement people posting, but also some special assistants like me. The Department of Superhero Funding hosted. Not many people had heard of Grey Matter, but one of the DSF moderators knew of a spoiled brain buster serum going for a very high price a couple of years back on the black market. I thought you said that wasn't unusual. Yes, but it was in this case. It was a very high price, and the serum was very big on the brain end of things. Very big? What exactly does that mean? Well, you know how these serums all give the basic powers to heroes? Like the minimum strength and speed, plus the cosmetic stuff? Asked Roger. The other two nodded. Well, they do make a few of those special brain ones that don't bother wasting space on the body stuff. They just pile it all into the brain. That being said, he'll still have the invulnerability. They all do, but he won't look it. Won't have the speed or the strength or anything like that. Probably can't take even close to as much punishment as a regular hero before he's incapacitated. But he'll still survive. I don't know exactly how it works. It's a lot of chemistry. But it does explain why Joyce is 5 foot nothing, 130 pounds. And no matter what, he's hyper smart. And hyper evil, most likely. Not a good combination, unless you're a supervillain. I'm kind of feeling bad about helping set him up with the waitress now. Just seems kind of mean. You never know. Maybe she's an evil waitress and it's a perfect match. Well, let's hope, said Oliver, with extra fake enthusiasm and crossing his fingers. Then they all sat there quietly for a moment until Oliver suddenly stood up and grabbed his gloves and mask off the chair by the door. Well, I guess I better get going. This trap won't get sprung on its own. If you know it's a trap, why not call the chief and go in with the cops? He can't do that. It's an honor thing. It's like the face-to-face meeting. It's just the way it's done. If the bad guy lays a trap for you, you've got to go in. It's what a hero does. But that's silly. It's a trap, said Emma, emphasizing the last word as if the two guys weren't quite hearing it. I have to go in alone because it's a trap, replied Oliver, pulling on his gloves. I can take a beating, but I'm not going to call in some cops who might get killed. It's kind of my job, and I'm told it's good work if you can get it. He slipped on his mask. Don't wait up. I might be late, he said and walked out the door. You have been listening to Super Guy by Kurt Klopton, a faux fiction audio production published by Not A Pipe Publishing. Look for the sequel to Super Guy coming this September. This recording, characters, and the situations within are the property of their author and creator and protected by copyright. If you wish to listen to more episodes in advance, search patreon.com, then faux fiction audio and sign up to be a monthly patron. Or stay tuned until the next week for your free episode. We will see you then.
no one knows where he comes from. Some say he's not a man. Some say he's a force. Not of nature, but of something more primal than that. He's the acid taste of vengeance you can't quite swallow down in a town that's besieged by fear and unbreathed regret. Others say he was a man who wouldn't rest until all the pain in the world was fed back to those who minded out of others. He's only known by one name, from county to county, in the hours past dawn, and in the haze-filled air, you'll see him walking towards you if you keep secrets, if you harm folks. He's the drifter, and he won't stop till sorrow's end. A weird western series from Jeffrey Billard starring The Drifter. From Audio Groovecats and the Amigo Collective. Coming 2023 only on Mutual with Episode 1 Before a Wind.